Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm excited about today's show because the Vikings finally have the 53-man roster, but there were still a lot of moves that happened. We'll talk about what we think of this roster, what were the surprise cuts, who made the team that surprised us, and do we think it's done yet? We'll talk about that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Boom, 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 boom. I don't know about you, but that music always gets me going every morning. But I'm Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. We want to thank everybody on YouTube, those on SiriusXM, all of our partners on Roku and Amazon Fire. We thank you guys for watching the show and downloading, subscribing. Those on YouTube, please make sure you subscribe. You just need the email address. It's free. Also, the SXM app, it's free as well for most subscribers. Well, today's show... We have to talk about the 53-man roster. When you think about the Minnesota Vikings 53-man roster, it's solidified some gray area because there's still some moves that happened already within the last 24 hours. But before we jump into the show, I want everybody to know this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Just visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On, or you can download the FanDuel app on the app market. Look for bonuses. The keyword is Locked On. So if you visit fanduel.com backslash locked on you'll get a free offer but also you can get started today with some of these it's coming people next week there will be football on sunday you will go to sleep saturday night i don't know how you guys are going to go to sleep saturday night but i'm going to go to sleep super excited i'll have a fresh haircut i'm going to have my suit laid out for week one like it's the first day of school i cannot wait and then sunday when we wake up we get to go to the stadium have an omelet some bacon some potatoes, and then we get to see some football. After the pregame show, of course, but some football. I get to get on the field. I'm going to see my boy Cole Keith, Antoine Winfield, uh, Larry Foote, coach of the Buccaneers. So I'm super excited about that. But before we jump into the show, I got to bring my producer into the show, Sam Ekstrom. Because, Sam, football is right around the corner. Football's here. It's here, Sam. I don't know how you – so I know you don't suit it up because you, you're not on TV. You know, you, you cover the game, but you're not on TV, so you don't you don't have to plan your outfit out. But do you? Because I do. I plan my, I've got my suit ready to go in the closet. So when I get up, boom, I'm not sitting in the closet for 30 minutes trying to figure out what to wear. Uh, do you plan your outfit out, or is it just kind of like, oh, I'm going to get up and go? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I A lot of times I do wear, like, the jacket, the blazer, um, with maybe some nice dress pants on the bottom, not the full matching suit. No tux or anything, usually no tie. Um, I'm kind of more of a last second dresser. I usually wake up Sunday morning and I'm like, all right, I've got to, you know, get this kid up, got to change this kid's diaper. And then I got to leave suddenly in 15 minutes and I'm scrambling. So run in the closet, find something that relatively matches and then get to the to the football game. Not very court. I'm not very coordinated, not very planned out when it comes to the the fit. 
Um, not like you, Ron. I know you've already <laughs> laid it out getting ready for next Sunday. Yeah, I got a brand new pair of Jordans. Like I, 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 I was a Jordan guy growing up. I was a Jordan guy in college. And then I started working with a company who uh, sold a ton of Adidas. So I became an Adidas guy. I did the Yeezys and the Boost and all that stuff. And now I'm back. Game one is my new company, and we're back with Nike. So I, I'm staring at a pair in my in my uh, in my studio right now. A pair of Jordans on the floor. Those are gonna be. My daughter was like, "Are those new?" And I'm like, "No, no, I've had these forever." But yes, they're new. I'm gonna. I got the Jordan three one twos, the special combo editions. It's the Jordan threes, the ones and the twos all mixed together to make one shoe. Three one two is a play on uh, Chicago's uh, area code. So I, I got a pair. I was lucky enough to get in there and get them. The box has a two three on it. So, but I can't wear them for week one. Because they're black, red, and white. And I feel like if I wore those with a suit and like a black, red, white, and tie, people would think I'm with the Buccaneers. So I'm not going to do it for week one. I might do it for the third. Because who, who's the next home game after that? Uh, uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Actually. Yeah, so I could do it for the Chargers. Chargers are blue, so I can go red, white. So I'm going to do it for the Chargers game. Uh, for the Buccaneers game, I think. I don't know if I'm going to do purple. I'm debating if I don't want to look like a homer, but I kind of do want to support in the first game and like wear the purple shirt and tie. The Vikings gave me a tie as well. Uh, so I'm kind of leaning towards that, like doing the Vikings tie with just some all white shoes since we're going to have snow soon. So I'll have to put the all white shoes away, but you know, I'm not a big, like, Oh, after labor day. So I'm going to wear the all white shoes probably with maybe a white shirt. I just, I think I talked myself into it. White and purple tie, white shirt, uh, gray suit, Three-piece maybe for week one with the white shoes uh, for pregame. Maybe some Air Force Ones. Uh, maybe some I might buy some white Air Max because uh, I do have some white Air Max as well. But I, I'm ready for that. But, Sam, enough about the outfit. I'm looking forward to this because of the roster, Sam. And when you look at this Vikings roster, who made the team and who didn't, I'll jump out there right away. What surprised me? Six safeties. That surprised the heck out of me. Four tight ends. That surprised me. There's more safeties than defensive linemen, Sam. <laughs> so the fact that there's six safeties leads me to believe Brian Flores is going to really load up on this back in multiple safety, three safety look to try to like get some pressure on the quarterback with some speed versus power using guys like Josh Metellus and Lewis Seen to get after the quarterback, Cam Bynum. Uh, being able to have a guy like Josh Metellus, maybe even Lewis Seen cover a tight end, but then also being able to blitz off the edge versus just a linebacker covering a tight end. Uh, maybe a four set. I mean, we we haven't even we don't, we don't know what B flows in. It could be a four safety set. Imagine that. You go six DBs, but four of them are safeties because they can play linebacker, and you can have one take on the run in Lewis Seen. You can have one cover in Josh Metellus. You can have one blitz in Lewis Seen or Josh Metellus, and the other one cover or support the run. So it'll be very interesting to see what he does. Maybe we're just making all of this up and nothing's going to happen. He just wanted six DBs for special teams purposes. Who knows? Six safeties. Sorry, not just DBs. Because normally it's 10 DBs. It's usually four safeties, six corners. They went five DBs, five cornerbacks, and six safeties, Sam. So very, very, very interesting. I feel like maybe one of those safeties and Theo Jackson maybe might get released and then try to get back on practice squad. So maybe they want to hold him until everybody else form formulated their rosters so that when they do waive him, nobody's going to look at the waivers and be like, oh, we need him still. Like maybe they'll feel like they got their guys. But mm -hmm. first casualty to the cut, Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager gets cut. Uh, like you said, Sam, who did they bring in? Miles Gaskin has been brought in as maybe their RB2. Four years in Miami, his best seasons in 2020 and 2021 when Brian Flores was the coach. 
He is a versatile pass catching running back. Mm-hmm. Um, almost a thousand total yards from scrimmage in those two seasons. So he's he's got a little wiggle to him. Good in the passing game, and that's what they're looking for in that RB two. So I think it might be between uh, Gaskin and Ty Chandler to be your RB two. And and Kenne still haven't seen him in a month. He might be the one left out in the cold here. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. I, we I've said that when I put out my initial roster. And uh, I keep going back to that tweet because people people don't want to give me credit for my tweet. Like, I, I like it. I was proud of myself. Um, when I looked at the roster, I set out there a week beforehand. I kept kind of giving – you know, I did that every week after games. I would check off guys I thought would make this team. The mm-hmm. only person that I had making this team – or, yeah, that did not uh, was the TJ Smith. Like, and, and a Sezzy – and my Sezzy pick was more just heart than head. It was more I wanted him to be on this team. Uh, but I didn't have him on my actual one. I th- I kept saying I thought he should make it. But, yeah, I had T.J. Smith in there. I think I might have had a Sezzi on there. And if I did, it was because of my heart, not my head. Um, but T.J. Smith, I thought they would – like I said, I thought they'd have more D linemen, and they only have five. So that one threw me off. Um, I didn't have six deep – six safeties going. Like I, But everybody I picked mm-hmm. is on this roster. Uh, Ivan Pace Jr., all the linebackers I said. Troy Reader – or, sorry, Troy Die over Troy Reader. Yeah. Uh, Ivan Pace making it. Uh, Brian Asamoah. And uh, Jordan Hicks. And so I had everything pretty much done. Quarterbacks, I didn't have Jaron Hall because I wasn't sure. Uh, running backs, I didn't have Kane. And so maybe we'll see. Who knows? With his Might health. Be a pup list. Because right, you could be a pup, and then you and then pup usually gets you might get you out the door sometimes if somebody outplays you. Miles Gaskin, uh, for those wondering, played for the Miami Dolphins all three years under Brian Flores from 19 to 21. He stayed for 2022, was hurt though, and he had 10 carries. But in those two years, Flores' defense really flourished 142 carries, 173 carries, 600 almost 600 yards both seasons, three touchdowns both seasons. And he had 49 receptions and 41 receptions. That's a that's a back that's doing everything. That's a lot of catches when you think about 49. That's almost 50 catches. That's like heading towards wide receiver. Heading towards wide receiver. That's what's crazy about it is Miles Gaskin heading towards wide receiver status with that. If you if you look at it, the Miami Dolphins cut him, but that didn't, you know, that didn't take long for Brian Flores. So Brian Flores clearly maybe let Kevin O'Connell know about him. He probably had him on a short list of guys like, hey, here's some running backs we're looking yep. at. We all thought maybe Kareem Hunt might be the guy. Miles Gaskins gets cut by Miami a day earlier, and then he lands on his feet with Minnesota. So I, th- I think that worked out for him. Like, you know, like as soon as he hit the waiver wire, and that's why GMs are looking at the waiver wire. Guy like this gets cut. It's like, look, I think he's better than Kane because he has an undisclosed injury. We don't know how serious it is. Uh, so you're right. It could be IR for Connect. We could find that out next. Well, because they don't have to technically, what, Wednesday? The injury report has to come out? Or the, Tuesday? Uh, a week from today will be the first official injury report. So Wednesday. So Wednesday, yep. we will see if Connect gets put on IR. Uh, what happens there? Because that that's my guess. Now, they could do it sooner to like add another roster spot quicker. But maybe they want to. They don't want to show other cards just yet. Maybe they want to give him time and see, like, maybe it's something like, hey, let's give it another week and see how he does because next Wednesday, like, who knows what the injury is or what's going on. Um, but he is on there. So I, I think that's what's going to happen when you bring in a guy like Miles Gaskin. One, he's a guy that can catch the ball, Sam. He's a pass-catching running mm-hmm. back. He's also a guy that can run the ball when you need him. And he's a two-headed monster that gives you maybe a little bit more confidence. Brian Flores probably also talked to Kevin O'Connor about this, but gives you a little bit more confidence 
in him with Alexander Madison because you're not fully sure what you're going to get Alexander Madison as the as the bell cow as you want to call it uh and then you don't know what rookie Ty Chandler or not rookie sorry second year Ty Chandler is going to be able to give you um and then Kane clearly not healthy so I, I think that was a solid move in adding Miles Gaskin but that means Jalen Rager had to go what that also means having five receivers I see those three receivers for sure we know the top three I see the fourth, Brandon Powell being your punt returner now. He's that's his job. Jalen Rager's gone. He's he is the punt returner. It's his job. Um, I will say for the fourth receiver, we don't know if Jalen Naylor is healthy yet fully. I mean, they have because he's been practicing, right? He's back. He, he yeah, during joints with Arizona, he was warming up. He was in uniform, but then he would not do teams. So Correct. clearly, he's kind of in a ramp up period and we we really didn't get to see him do anything in pads this right. uh training camp that's what's disappointing because he had such a good spring and summer most of it wearing t-shirt and shorts now we haven't seen him do it in pads yet but he had a lot of momentum yeah so that's time. that's the thing is like we don't know where he's gonna end up so what that leads me to believe nick muse showed a ton johnny munt talk talks talk endlessly about him <laughs> endlessly wanted yeah. to hype us up hype, hype him up for us but i believe that tj hawkinson and not so much of Josh Oliver, but maybe Nick Muse will get Muse more in some of these three receiver sets, maybe empty sets. You go two tight ends, three receivers, and have a five-wide look. Nick Muse probably becomes your pass catcher over Josh Oliver, unless Josh Oliver's in there as a potential six blocker. If you want to have six blockers and not have a running back, but spread the line out so you have more, like you're not worried about a blitzer, but you're more, we're going to spread it out and have more uh, width so that it's a tougher angle to get around to the quarterback. Unless unless somebody in the interior just gets whooped, which can happen. But I, I'm very interested now because now this, this like week one, Sam, I don't know about you, but like this next, let's call it what, 10 days? I'm super excited to see because we don't know what this Brian Flores defense is going to look like. And now we don't know what Kevin O'Connell's offense is going to look like because before we knew it was truly balanced with Dalvin Cook and they knew they had to give him the ball. Now, I don't think they have, like, he doesn't have that. You think about how much the Rams ran the, ran the ball when they won the Super Bowl. Not a lot. So, in his mind now, he doesn't owe a running back anything. Like, he owes Dalvin Cook the ball. Like, you owe him the ball. You don't owe Alexander Madison the ball. Like, you can go through a game and give him 15 carries, and I think you'll be okay with that. You can give him eight carries and give uh, Miles uh, um, Gaskin you know, eight carries. Like you don't owe mm -hmm. these running backs anything. Like you owe Dalvin Cook that because of the money. You don't yeah. owe that to Alexander Madison. So I think Alexander Madison becomes more like a, a Rams running back that we talked about during their run for the Super Bowl. So um, again, I, it's going to be insane with the Buccaneers run. You know, like their running backs were just a running back. Same with the 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 the, uh, the team that just won, the Chiefs. Their running backs were just like, hey, every once in a while we we'll run it, but we're going to throw the ball. So Kevin O'Connell keeps saying, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, which is still perplexing now with the CJ Ham bit. I, I'm really, I mean, I guess special teams wise, you do got to have a special teams guy that's going to be there, a captain, a leader. Um, but if you're not going to use him a lot in the offense, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting how long they can keep doing this with CJ Ham, Or is this one of those look high character guy? You got to, you got to bring him back every year. Cause he's a great team. First person. He's a great guy in the locker room. Uh, but what, what was there any surprise? I know you had an Andre Carter thing out there, but were there any surprise makes or cuts that you had? The Carter thing was probably my biggest surprise. I know they spent a lot on him in undrafted free agency. I, I And I'm not opposed to keeping him. More so, I was upset that Luigi Villain got cut. Yeah. Because I thought that he was deserving. Um, they, they held on to him all last year, mm -hmm. right? And I thought they did that for a reason. And Ron, you've got Davenport pending free agent, 
Daniil Hunter, pending free agent. DJ Wanham, pending free agent. So you're going to need to restock this defensive end, our edge rusher group. And I thought Villain had a really good preseason. So that disappointed me. Not, um, Andre Carter might have great upside. I just didn't see a lot of it. And he also had an injury that he was dealing with too. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 the thing about this too. Injury of Cezio Otami Wu, they were trying to get him healthy because, you know, I think, like I said, I think all the bubble guys I left off my roster, I think I had... 49 guys that I thought would make that team. And I think I think I was only off by like two guys on my list that I hadn't making it that got cut. Um, because I didn't have Jalen Rager on there. I didn't have um uh like any of those other guys that got cut. Like I had TJ Smith and he got released. So when you think about that and, and what they were trying to accomplish and who they were trying to um get, you know, on this roster. That was the key for me is like, what, what were they going to have in the end? Who were going to be the guys that stick around and to have the undrafted guys. I mean, that's a great testament to Quasi as well to be able to say, Hey, let's offer these guys some money to be undrafted guys come to us. Cause I really think these guys can do it, which is Najee Thompson, Ivan Pace jr. Um, you know, and though that that's just a huge, like I, I and the, the Najee Thompson to me is still like, wow, because nobody really gave him a chance early on. And then all of a sudden he had a couple great days on special teams. He got into that fight with the Titans and then everybody's like, whoa. And then he had the hit in the game. Everybody's like, whoa, this guy is good. So let's see if he can do this for 17 weeks. Because that's what he's going to mm-hmm. be the gunner. He's going to be the special teams guy. He's going to be the guy that has to get the team excited, make a play. So we'll see. We'll see. But coming up next, we're going to talk. We're going to jump a little bit more into this Gophers game this week, Gophers, Nebraska. But we're also going to still hit on a little bit more of a Vikings talk here and there. But we are going to break down for the last bit because the Gophers tomorrow. I go to sleep tonight. I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to go get me a coffee, have me a little pastry, maybe drop lunch off to my wife at work, and then I'm going to relax for a little bit, close my eyes, and then when I wake up at, let's call it 2, 2 o'clock, take a little nap, midday nap, I'm headed to the stadium, people, because the Gophers are playing the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and I cannot wait. But we have to get into this next segment, but before we do, we have a word from our sponsors. FanDuel and FanDuel Sportsbook are offering you some great deals right now. It's America's number one sportsbook for a reason, folks, because they always have wonderful promotions for new customers like this one. New customers, bet five bucks. That's all it takes. Five bucks, you are given $200 in bonus bets. No questions asked. Free money into your account. All customers, not just new customers, all customers bet five Get $100 off the new NFL Sunday ticket. Watch every single game. You're not in Minnesota? Want to watch the Vikings? Five bucks, $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, which is now on YouTube or YouTube TV. They've moved over there. That's their new home. So easy. Watch it on your device or any your tablet, whatever it might be. Wherever you get YouTube, you can watch NFL Sunday ticket. Uh, that's the promotion going on right now at FanDuel. Uh, and with those bonus bets, hey, you can put it on football, Money lines, prop bets, futures, whatever you want. So many great ways to wager at FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Well, Sam, go first, Nebraska. Here's some things. Now, there we just saw the video. Uh, we talked about this uh, kid from Nebraska goes and, and breaks into a, a vape store. And he's not even on the team. So I'm not going to even give him any. I think it's Eric Gilbert's his name. He's not even on the mm-hmm. team. And he was awaiting eligibility. He's done now. Like, after you get arrested for stealing vapes and breaking windows, like, bro, you're done. Like, even if you are eligible, they're going to say, never mind. We're good. We're going to pass. Uh, appreciate you coming. Uh, have a great week. 
Uh, this guy's an idiot. So I hope that doesn't reflect on uh, anything within that program, the culture. Um, the good thing is, honestly, there's been none of that talk in Minnesota. But when you look at this 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 game, I just was on with Jay Foreman yesterday with his show in the Nebraska radio station on like ESPN 720 or something like that. Um, and, and as I looked at this, both sides of the tape, the Gophers are on a four-game winning streak versus Nebraska. Uh, great. Like, that's the great thing about this. This whole thing has been like the Scott Frost era. I tell this every time I can because I said that on the show. I said, man, I'm really going to miss Scott Frost. Scott Frost is the best thing that ever happened to the Gophers because Jay Ford was like, I was wondering where you were going with that. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, it's a joke. I miss Scott Frost. But he was like, you know, we, we beat them four times. Uh, we're on a four-game winning streak versus Scott Frost in the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Now with this Matt Rule thing, like early on, even watching the videos, I don't know if you've seen the video, but he's uh, talking to redshirt freshmen and guys that might redshirt, and he brings up like his athletic director and all these guys. Athletic director in Nebraska was a first-round draft pick. Uh, some of the other guys were second-round, fifth-round draft picks on his staff, and he had each of them talk about like whether they redshirted or whether they didn't, and it didn't matter. A first-round draft pick redshirted. Uh, a guy that was drafted in the fourth round didn't. Like, it doesn't matter. I didn't redshirt, and I got drafted in the fourth round. So it doesn't really matter. But what he's trying to do now is set a culture of, like, you don't need to transfer just because you're not going to play as a freshman. And so Matt Rule's already, already trying to lay the groundwork for these young men because he knows what's going to happen. He knows Oregon is going to hit the Big Ten and, and UCLA and USC and all these kids are going to be looking at the shiny new toy in Washington even that becomes, becomes a destination for Midwest kids because they're like, oh, I get to play – Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa, and I can still go to Washington? Okay, sure. And so when you think about that, like Matt Rule is trying to set this precedent of you don't need to leave my program of Nebraska just to play. Like sit it out a year, learn, improve. How can you get better as a redshirt? What do you need to do? What do you... And so even early on now watching his culture being set, I'm like, man, this guy's, this guy's different. Because Scott Frost didn't come in doing that. Scott Frost came in saying, I'm bringing the black shirts back. Here's what we did in the 80s, in the 90s. We're going to do that again. That doesn't work with these kids. You got to reach them at their level and figure out how to connect with them. Half those kids have no idea who Tommy Frazier was. That's the problem. And maybe more than half had no idea who Tommy Frazier was. So you, you can't talk about the black shirts and Lawrence Phillips. And, you know, unless you were a Nebraska kid growing up, you probably don't know Lawrence Phillips or Tommy Frazier. And so that's that's what's crazy about Scott Frost trying to do that. You know, that's like P.J. Fleck coming in saying, hey, we're all going to be like uh, Carl Eller. You know, and they're like, wait, what? Or not Carl, uh, Bobby, uh, was it Bobby Bell? You know, we're all going to be like, Bob wait, did Carl Eller play for the Gophers? I think he did. I think he did, yeah. too. Nobody ever talks about him with the Gophers. It's always Vikings. Uh, but, yeah, Carl Eller, Bobby Bell. Like, you can't come in talking about that. You can't even come in and talk about Daryl Thompson, really. Like, you got to come in and create what you created. Um, and, and that's the thing. Like, you could talk about Rashad Bateman, Tyler Johnson, Eric De uh, maybe Eric Decker because he's naked all the time and kids might watch him on Instagram because of his wife. Um, but you you can't do that. Like, I think the only reason a lot of those guys know me is because I do the radio and the TV. Like, if I didn't do the stuff, they probably wouldn't know me either. Um, other than, you know, they might see me on the wall or my records or whatever, you know, the All-American stuff. But that's what's crazy about this. And so when you think about this game, Sam, here's where I go with this. This is the great unknown. Tomorrow, on my pregame show, I'm talking about the great unknown. We don't know what we're going to see from either team. Ethan Calic-Manis is new. Matt Rule is new. The running backs are new. The receivers are new. Other than Brevin Span 4, the defense is new. The offensive line is new. There's a lot of old faces gone off to new places in the NFL or retired or done. Terrell Smith, you know, Darius Green at safety. Like I said, he had a good bowl game. Mike Grimm brought that up. But – we don't really know this kid. He's going to be next to Tyler Newbin now. So 
at the end of the day, this is the great unknown of a game. And this is why now it makes sense because Mike Grimm said this yesterday with us on the show of why the Gophers coaches are so nervous because, like, you don't know what you're going to get from Nebraska. Uh, but I will say this, man. Like, P.J. Flake, I feel like Ethan Calligman is with his weapons. Uh, they have a good team. I think their defense is pretty solid. You look at some of these young guys like Anthony Smith they bought in, built like Greek gods. I think the Gophers can win it. Um, but Nebraska is not going to go quietly into the night when you look at what they did. But is there anything like – here's the thing I think of um, when you look at the matchup between the two of them. Uh, Nebraska begins their season on the road in Minnesota and Colorado. So they got two back-to-back tough ones. Uh, you look at the rest of their schedule, though. They do have some easy ones in the middle with Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech, but then they got Michigan, Illinois. Then they get another easy one, Northwestern, because we don't know what they're going to be. Um, but then they have Purdue, they have Michigan State, then they get Maryland, Wisconsin, Iowa. So Nebraska has a tough schedule this year. We talk about P.J. Fleck having a third toughest schedule in, in football. They have a tough one. But is there anything that jumps out to you about these two teams? Yeah, I think you nailed it, Ron. It's it's going to be a battle of adjustments because every year you see this to some extent because you're always looking at new quarterbacks. There's always a new talent you have to account for. And week one, there are a lot of mysteries, even if there's not a new coaching staff. So how fast can, you know, Joe Rossi adjust to what Nebraska shows on offense? Because it seems like there's very little known about the offense and which iteration of Matt Rule's system they're going to run, whether it's going to be the Baylor system or the Temple. I think he was with Temple before that, the Temple offense. The Gophers just don't know. They're going to have to adjust defensively to what they see and whatever skill set their quarterback uh, shows. And then is, how is Nebraska going to adjust to what Minnesota shows? I mean, it's just going to be a, a chess match. Really, a, it's a game of coaching. Um, and Matt Rule, his first year at Nebraska, but he's got credibility, Ron. I mean, he's got plenty of equity built up from his years in college and the NFL, so he's no slouch. So I think this is going to be really a battle of wits between the head coaches to counteract what they're seeing uh, from the other side. Yeah, I mean, and when you look at, like I said, the Gophers are on a four-game win streak. Um, you look at the players. Like I said, this is a bunch of new players, too. Like, Matt Rule did a good job from a, you know, keeping standpoint, but then also transfers. When you think about the number of transfers they have, they have 11 transfers. That's what's so crazy about this. I mean, now the Eric Gilbert kid transferred from LSU in Georgia. Uh, unfortunately, like, he's probably done, but who knows, like, I don't know how you get out of that video because you're you're caught in 4K. Like you had your you you had your face you walk by that's the thing he walks by with his face uncovered, goes off camera, comes back with his face covered with his shirt over his face. Like you're an idiot. But anyway, so he does. But other than that, let's take him off the way. You got ten other players that are new. Uh, you you got the receiver from Virginia. You got another receiver from Baylor. You got a linebacker from Georgia. You got an offensive lineman from Arizona State and Ben Scott. You talk about starts. Ben Scott started 28 games for Arizona State. We know Arizona State's dealing with sanctions and stuff, so that's why like they, they've self-imposed uh, a, ba- a bowl ban, and everybody's like, oh, it's going to be okay. They're going to have way more players start to transfer when they realize, like, wait, we, we can't play in a bowl game? We can't, we can't get – oh, wait, what are we playing for then? So they're going to have some issues with some players, and I feel like more players might want to get out of there uh, before it gets worse. Uh, Jeff Sims, quarterback, Georgia Tech, 23 starts. Uh, you got some other guys that transferred that don't really have as many starts, but they have played some games. You got Chief Borders. That's the linebacker from Florida that transferred there. I know him. 
Uh, maybe we'll talk to him after the game. I have his number in my phone, actually. Uh, so very funny because uh, I got I got to meet him this summer with Blake Barrett. So Chief Bo- uh, Borders is now at Nebraska, linebacker from Florida, played 16 games there. No starts, but he's going to start for Nebraska. He's going to be their guy. Uh, Marco Ortiz, uh, long snapper from Florida, 16 games there. Um, I mean, you just go down the list. And so they've gotten, you know, Florida transfer, Corey Collier Jr., DB. Uh, you, you got Elijah Judy, D lineman, Texas A&M. I mean, they're not getting transfers from like small schools. They're getting some big time transfers that were considered big time players. Like Chief Borders is a really good linebacker and he's a potential NFL draft pick. And that's why Blake Barrett's and IFA wanted him. Uh, but transfers out of Florida to Nebraska, they're going to make them better. Like, that's the thing. You have a lot of guys transferring in that are going to make this team better. And uh, Chief Borders is one of them. Uh, Joshua Fletcher is another one, the wide receiver from Baylor. Uh, and, and like I said, you got MJ Sherman, the linebacker out of Georgia. And then you got Ben Scott, the offensive lineman out of Arizona State. Like, they got guys. They got guys. And that's the unknown. You don't know how good these guys are going to be. Uh, but that's just one way to look at it, Sam. There's a lot of transfers. There's a lot of guys coming in. Jeff Sims. Here's the thing. You transfer in. <clears throat> Active FS, uh, FBS QBs with 4,000 passing yards and 1,000 running uh, running yards, he's on the list. He's a dual threat guy, and he's done nothing for Nebraska, but he's on the list as a dual threat guy. Like, come on now. Out of Georgia Tech, like you automatically transfer in, and you get a dual threat quarterback right away. So that's something that P.J. Fleck has never – I mean, they've had that in Nebraska, but that's now you got to deal with Jeff Sims out the gate, 4,400 yards, 1,100 yards on the ground. That's 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 tough. Let's be real. Like, yeah. Nebraska is a threat. Like, we took Nebraska as a joke for a while under Scott Frost. It always felt like an easy win. This is not an easy win. This is not any – if you just go to the quarterback alone, you put Jeff Sims ahead of Ethan Calignanis. Like, if we were to do a tell of the tape, Nebraska gets the edge in quarterback like and that's that, that's what's that's what's crazy so when you know that's where you start and we can maybe do a tell of the tape on the uh on the um I might do a tell of the tape on the Thursday show tomorrow uh when I when I join in for a little bit and maybe I'll have a little tell of the tape Nebraska versus the Gophers quick and then maybe some Vikings roster stuff but tell of the tape just to throw one out there before we jump into the daily three that's three questions it's going to talk about 30 seconds each Tell the tape goes to the quarterback for, for Nebraska. We and, and, and only because we don't know what Ethan can be. And this we know what Jeff Sims is. He's a true dual threat quarterback, 4,400 yards passing, 1,100 yards on the ground. That's 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 gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough. And he enters the you know, like I say, he enters the 2023 season as one of the 14 active quarterbacks with 4,000 career passing yards and a thousand rushing. Uh, the other ones on that list, of course, you got like Bo Nix, 10,000 yards, which is crazy. Uh, it, you know, you got Emory Jones in Cincinnati with 4,800 yards and 1,300 yards rushing. Uh, you got NC State's Brennan Armstrong. Uh, you know, so you got some guys on this list that have just played a lot of football. Um, that's the other part of this. He's played a lot of football. Uh, where you have a guy like Bo Nix who's throwing 4,000 yards in a season maybe uh, going to try to get that Heisman. But again, I'm Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Coming up next, we got the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Before we jump into that, SiriusXM is a proud partner with Locked On. The Twins host the Cleveland Guardians this afternoon at 12, 10 p.m. Kids every pitch of the hometown broadcast with the SXM app. Just search Twins and it's free for most subscribers. Well, now it's time for the Daily Three, Sam. Three questions. Take about 30 seconds a day. Take it away. All right, Ron, uh, let's start with this. One more question on this Vikings roster. Which position group do you think is the deepest now that we've seen the roster cuts? DBs. It's 11 of them. <laughs> like DBs is the deepest. Now, I don't know if it's the most talented. 
I will say they're the deepest, though. Uh, offensive line only has eight. Maybe they'll add one and cut a safety. But, I mean, when you have six safeties, you can't say it's not deep. Now, deep and, and skill is different from a skill, like the deepest skill group. I'm going to say receiver. I think Justin Jefferson, K.J. Osborne, Jordan Addison, Jalen Naylor, and Brandon Powell is a pretty loaded. And I would throw T.J. Hawkinson, Johnny Munt, Josh Oliver in that. Pass catchers, I think the pass catchers are the most talented group. Mm-hmm. I'd say the DBs are the deepest group. Uh, other than that, some of these positions are one injury away from just like, what do we have? Um, the best thing that happened to the Minnesota Vikings is Ivan Pace Jr., and he's going to help out that linebacker group a big, you know, big help. Yeah, I think safety is super deep. You got high end talent in Harrison. You got media like mid level talent in Bynum and Metellus and young talent with Scene and Jackson. Yeah. Uh, and then tight ends. You're four deep. And I think all four are pretty good. Really good. Uh, next on the list, college football. It's not just the Gophers and Nebraska Ron, but other good matchups as well. Let me give you a couple mm-hmm. from this weekend LSU, Florida State. That's the big Sunday night showcase. You got. Mm-hmm. West Virginia, Penn State, North Carolina, South Carolina, um, Ohio State, Indiana. Are there any other games that intrigue you this college football weekend? Uh, Well, I mean, other than the Gophers, Nebraska, you know, just looking at it, the Florida, Utah, because Florida is, you know, we don't, Florida's always good, but you never know how good they're going to be or how bad they're going to be. Like they, they, Mm -hmm. they, I've never seen them like just really just be middle of the road. They're always really, really good. Or it's like, what the heck happened to Florida? But Utah is 14th in the nation. And so this this is a game old school wise. You say, oh, Florida's playing Utah. They're going to put up 77. Utah might put up 70 on Florida. Like Utah can move the ball. Um, That's a good one to watch. Um, I'm personally, I just want to see Colorado. They're playing 17 TCU. So they're playing a really good opponent Saturday, September 2nd at 11 a.m. I'm going to, because like the Gophers play on a, a Thursday. So my Saturday is free. My daughter doesn't have, um any softball or any sports which i don't think there's ever been a time where we have nothing on a saturday so we're gonna look forward to just chilling at the house maybe doing some yard work uh maybe checking out the fair but i don't know if i want to waste my time at the fair on a saturday uh, i'm gonna check out this colorado because i want to see what they can be also number 25 iowa they're playing utah state as easy but i just want to see if Iowa's going to look good or not or if their offense is going to look trash like last year All right, one more, and it's not football-related, but Bronny James, LeBron James' son, committed to USC. Um, Remember, he collapsed on the court. He had a heart incident Mm -hmm. uh, revealed to have a congenital heart defect that caused his cardiac arrest. Yep. Would you, as a parent, would you be nervous, Ron, to see Bronny resume his basketball career after that health episode? I wouldn't. I, I, I would, I wouldn't be nervous, but I, so there's two sides of this. I wouldn't be nervous because my trust would be in God. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I would trust in God in this and I would hope, but as a parent, a little bit, yes, I would be a little bit kind of like, man, but if the doctors are telling me he'll be okay. And there's, cause I, I've heard there's like ways stuff to do and, and, you know, ways to like deal with this and, 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 and not fix it, but whatever. If doctors are telling me like, look, this is fixable. We can, we can help him through this with this, this, and this. I'm gonna trust the doctors. I'm a trust in God. I'm going to pray about it, but I want my kid to be happy. If my kid really wants to be out there, I would, I would be tough for me to say, no, I'm not letting you play. Um, Cause you could say, yeah, I have a ton of money. You don't need to play. You can just go to school. You can get a job. Um, I'm a billionaire. There's one side of that, but then there's also like, you also want your kids to be happy. And if this makes them happy, um, even if, you know, something were to happen, I think he's going into this knowing like I'm doing, what I'm doing, but I wouldn't want my kid to do it because they think I want them to do it. I would tell them it's on them. 
you're an adult now you're in college you need to make this decision i wouldn't want to force them either way i'm gonna say either way i'm gonna love you i'm gonna be happy but i mean probably as a dad i'd probably be a little bit nervous i mean and, and i have girls so maybe it's a little bit different because i'm super nervous all the time anyway no matter what they're doing out there in sports like i don't want them to hurt knees and all that like i i just hate injuries in sports when your kids are in sports you never know their one injury you know their one weird move away or we, a dumb kid from running into them from getting hurt uh even on the playground like we've seen girls get hurt on playgrounds now so and kids so yeah no i'd be a little nervous but at the end of the day i want my kid to be happy so i don't know would you, your parent would you what would you would you be nervous yeah n yeah and i'm a worry wart too like i'm i i'm i'm definitely going to be the overbearing parent when my kids are playing sports too um, not that I'm forcing them into anything. I'm just going to be nervous. I'm going to be <laughs> nervous. I'm going to be, you know, I want them to succeed. Um, but you know what? He's an athlete. Like he's, it's not like he's going to be inactive for the rest of his life. Like he's right. going to probably play sports of some kind, whether it's like organized in college or pro or like on the side. So you, you know, it, if, if they're told that he's probably going to be okay that you know they can do things to mitigate this yeah i think i think you go ahead and do it and if they're told that no this is putting his life at risk then you go a different direction but yeah i think you once that happens you're probably always just a little nervous ron baseline you just live a little more nervously after you have something like that yeah you do you do and that's why you just got to trust sometimes and let your kid be a kid and just pray just pray about it and, and 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 have solace and just comfort in that. Um, but again, I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. This is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. We want to thank everybody that has watched on YouTube, Amazon Fire, Roku, all those that have downloaded the SiriusXM app. Uh, and then also wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, uh, iHeartMedia app, we're, we're everywhere. You can just search Locked On Sports Minnesota. Make sure you hit subscribe and follow. you get all the Ron Johnson content. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. I want you guys to have a great day. And remember, Next week, people, we got some real Vikings football next week. We got some Gophers football tomorrow, so we're going to follow up Monday with hopefully a Gophers victory. If not, I'm going to be dressed in black for the Gophers funeral of, the, of week one because it's the it's Nebraska championship season, and then we move on. We move on to the next game. We don't talk about it. We bury it. We have a funeral for it, and we move on. If they win, I'm going to have balloons, and we're going to celebrate. But, again, have a great weekend, people. Enjoy.